0: All the sweet faces, man. I am so I'm excited. Um, I gotta chill out. I told the Lord, help me help me to calm down so I can speak with clarity. But I want us to start by praying. So let's just let's just pray. I want us to just wait on the Lord for a moment in prayer. I man, I've just had in the last year, the Lord just showed me just to anchor everything we do, anchor everything you do in prayer, in communion with Him. It is no good, Father, for us to come here and to sing about you and to talk about you, but to not encounter you, Jesus. We have come here tonight to encounter you, Lord. I don't want to walk away from this place having heard something or spoken something that's cute, Father, but that's not life transforming. We have come here, Father, to encounter your presence, Lord. We've encountered you and worshiped Jesus, And as we open up the word, Father, of your heart tonight, Lord, reveal yourself to us. Holy Spirit, minister in this place. Minister to the hungers in your people in this room, Father, the individual needs, Lord. We yield to your voice, Holy Spirit. I thank you, Jesus, for a revival of intimacy in your church, that the body of Christ know how to linger with the Lord. We know how to wait upon the Lord, to lean in and to listen on the Lord and to not be in a hurry in and out of his presence, but to know how to walk with him at his pace, not ours. Jesus, we just enter into that pace tonight. That's why we come. That's why we have the rhythms of Wednesday nights. It's to reacclimate continually to the pace of Abba. Father, I tell you, I am not in a hurry, Lord. So I ask you, Jesus, to do in and through me whatever you desire. I yield my mouth to you, Jesus. You put a guard and a watch over my mouth as I speak, Lord. May your word go forth and may it accomplish what you have released it to do, Lord. And I thank you, Jesus, that tonight is a night for revelation going off on the inside of hearts, Tonight is a night for breakthrough. Tonight is a night where answers are being ministered from the throne room of God to the hearts and the ears of your people, Jesus. It doesn't even have to be anything that I say. Holy Spirit is actively moving and speaking in this room, Father. And I thank you that this is a divine appointment for a divine encounter, Lord, that you are setting us up for this season, for what is coming, Lord God. And we have a yes in our spirit, says, whatever it looks like, Father, we say yes. Whatever you call us to do or to put our hands to, Father, we say yes, Jesus. But may we be a people who know how to linger. A people who know how to abide and to wait on the Lord. I just want us to wait on the Lord. In your own words, I want you to ask the Father, speak to me tonight. Give me clear direction. Reveal the revelation secrets of your promises. We thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Amen. Something that has been on my heart this week, I heard the Lord speak. I'm not, I, it's just one of those things. I've just not heard these words before, but he just um, had spoken to me of a, a revival of the ear of his church, that he wants to revive our ears, our abilities to hear him, to discern what he is saying. And how crucial that is in the season that we're in, that we be able to clearly discern the voice of the Father. And so t- tonight we're going to be talking about hearing the voice of God. But specifically, we, I mean, we could talk about a lot of things when it comes to hearing His voice because He's got a lot to say about a lot of different things. But specifically tonight I want to look at discerning God's yes and no when it comes to uh, following His direction for your life. How do I discern God's yes and no? How do I discern his telling me to turn left or to turn right? Those are some things that I want us to look at tonight. Discerning God's yes and no. Everybody say yes and no. Y'all feel free to talk to me because if y'all don't talk to me, I'm going to come out there. (laughs) I will do it. Um, But there's something I've noticed in the body of Christ lately. The The past couple of times that I have spoken outside of this house, I had... I felt on my heart to do a call, or either an altar call or a raising of hands of individuals who felt that they had struggled to hear the Lord's voice, that they either struggle to hear the Father's voice or they feel like they cannot hear Him. And when I did these calls in both places and bodies that we would call, we would look at these bodies and we say, that's a mature house. There's a house full of mature believers. But in, in these bodies, I saw half, if not more than half of the people in the room raise their hand that they struggle to hear the Lord's voice. That should not be. That should not be. Something that has been in my heart, it burns in me. I have a righteous anger, not toward the people, but when I hear a person say that I just cannot hear the Lord, I feel a righteous anger rise up on the inside of me because hearing the Lord is your inheritance in Christ Jesus. (laughs) It's the reality that has been made available to us through Jesus And what I've noticed, you know, we've been talking a little bit over the past few months about strongholds, that there is this stronghold in the body of Christ that says it's a lie that many in the body have partnered with of I cannot hear the Lord or so and so hears him better. And we look at, we look to podcasts, we look to teachers, or we look to prophetic people. And we need teachers. We need prophetic people. We need that ministry because it's equipping the body. But every believer has to have a relationship with the Lord in which they are hearing the voice of the Lord on a daily basis. Because no pastor, no prophet can tell you who to marry, or where to live, or when to move, or how long to be in school, what to go to school for. Nobody can tell you that. It's going to be the voice of the Lord. Amen? Amen. So that lie that we cannot hear him is combated with the truth that you can hear the Lord. It is your inheritance. It's your inheritance in Christ Jesus. He has made that available to you. I want to read this scripture out of John 10, 27. It says, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. My sheep hear my voice. John 8, 47 says, He who is of God hears God's words. Anybody in this room of God? (laughs) If you're a believer, you have been fully equipped by the power of Jesus to discern the voice of the Father. Nobody has a corner on God's voice in the kingdom. Dwayne Sheriff doesn't hear the Father any better than you can. Amen? Amen. Pastor Austin does not hear the voice of the Lord any better than you can. By, by way of having come into the fullness of Christ, of stepping into Christ, we are in Christ. We have been fully equipped to hear the voice of the Father. And I know this to be true because I've walked through this myself. What about those seasons where it seems so difficult to discern what he is saying? When it seems so difficult to discern whether, what he's saying, where he's saying to go, where he's saying to live, who he's saying to marry, or, you know, left or right? What about those seasons? I believe the Father, He has equipped us to be able to navigate those seasons and to receive His voice. It is a lie that He is hard to hear. I want that to sink in. If you've partnered with the lie that He is hard to hear, we need to break that off tonight. Amen? Your dad's not hard to hear. He's not hard to hear. He's your papa and he's talking to you, and he's not hard to hear. It's not difficult to hear the voice of the Lord. We need to recognize that for the lie that it is because it's in partnering with these lies that we actually limit our ability to perceive what he is saying. If you have bought into the lie that so-and-so can hear him better than you, that will be your reality. But the fact of the matter is, is in Christ, you have all the equipment you need to hear him as well as anybody else in the body. Amen? So I want to see that broken off the church. That's why I I believe I've heard the Lord talk about a revival of the ear that every person gets to hear. There's not just a few chosen or just the prophetic team gets to hear. No, every person gets to hear the voice of the Lord. And the other lie that I've seen, I mean, that that one alone is, I mean, that's rough. If you believe you can't hear him, living in that is hard. That's a difficult way to live. But even more than that, you meet people in the body of Christ who believe he doesn't speak. That because I've never heard him, he just must not speak. The Lord speaks all the time. (laughs) He's a talker. (laughs) God is speaking. He loves to talk. He loves to communicate. And he's got an opinion about every aspect of your life. He's got something to say about it. In uh, Matthew 4, 4. I remember getting a hold of this when I was, I was a preteen when I heard this. And I'm so thankful because I've never, well, I've just never had to struggle with that belief that he was silent over me. Um, And that's something that I wanna see broken off the house. We'll talk a little bit more about that in a minute. But Matthew 4, 4 says, but he answered and says, it is written, Jesus says it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds. Everybody say proceeds. From the mouth of God. When I first heard this scripture, the pastor had made an emphasis on that word proceeds, meaning the word was perpetually leaving the mouth of the Father. His word upholds the cosmos. He is perpetually speaking. His word goes forth and it accomplishes what he releases it to do. And it's continually going forth. The Lord is continually speaking. And something I've noticed a lot in the body of Christ is this language that there will be silent seasons, silent seasons, where the Lord is just not speaking as if he is withholding his voice from you. The Lord does not put his people through the silent treatment that's manipulation and we don't have a manipulative God. He doesn't give his people the silent treatment. There really are not silent seasons. There may be waiting seasons but how many of you know waiting does not mean he's not speaking. Waiting seasons are usually for deepening intimacy with him. Waiting seasons are for sitting at his feet. You may be waiting for a breakthrough or waiting for something to come to pass in your life. A waiting season is for intimacy being cultivated. It's not his silence. It's not him walking away from you for a minute. Now, if you make it, if you make it through this waiting season, then I'll come back and I'll do something for you. No, waiting seasons are for deepening intimacy with the Lord. He's not silent though. He's not silent in those seasons. That is a lie. (laughs) We need to call it what it is. The Lord's not silent over you to teach you something or to manipulate you to do something or perform a certain way. The Lord speaks. Everybody say he speaks. Everybody say he speaks to me and I hear We need to let that truth sink deep down into our being and let that revelation displace anything that's not in agreement with it. The Lord's not silent over you to teach you anything. And he speaks and you are fully equipped to hear him. It's your inheritance. Um, You know, the moment when Jesus is on the cross and he calls out, Father, why have you forsaken me? See, Jesus bore the sever of communication for us. Communication between him and the father was severed. It was a part of him taking on the fullness of the curse because not hearing God is a curse. Being excommunicated from the Lord is a curse. Being separated from his voice, that's a curse. It's what we see in the Garden of Eden. Adam and Eve had to leave the Garden of Communion That was a division and that was a curse because they had entered into the curse because of sin. Jesus dealt with that curse of separation and an end of communion. He dealt with that on the cross. So we never have to wonder if the Lord wants to commune with us again. Jesus dealt with that. There are no silence. There's no separation. There's no lack of communication now between me and the Father because Christ Jesus has made communication available for me. He was forsook, (laughs) forsaken on the cross so that I never have to wonder again if the Lord communicates with me or not. Amen? Isn't that powerful? We don't have to wonder. The Lord speaks to you. He speaks to you. And it's so crucial. I feel like even in the season that we're in as a body globally in our nation, every believer needs to have that so deep seated in their heart that the Lord speaks to me. I can hear him. I don't need anybody else to interpret what the Father is saying for me. Yes, we need one another. Absolutely. But that does not replace having the ability to hear the Father for yourself. The mouths of other people are not our source. It's the mouth of the Father that's our source. And we have to learn to treat His Word like that bread, that I live by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And other people around me can confirm. And I, I want to walk in a humble heart. I mean, because we can miss it. Amen. Is it, it's okay. <laughs> it's okay that we miss it. That's why we have community, to, to have others bear witness with us and to find confirmation and to share what we believe the Lord is saying. That's why we have community. But you need to know that you hear the Father for yourself and need to enjoy getting to hear Him every day. Enjoy it. Enjoy the gift of his voice, amen? Because that is something that Christ has died to make available to us is the gift of communication with Jesus. You know, when Pastor Mark spoke last week, wasn't that amazing? Man, that got me pumped. (laughs) He was talking about the all-inclusive Christ, all-inclusive, the voice of the Lord and communion and all access all the time. That is a part of what Christ has made, what he's included, what he has made available to us. I have all access all the time. I don't need a natural mediator to hear God for me. The Lord's put the mediator on the inside of you and his name is Holy Spirit. And he empowers you to get to hear the Lord for yourself. Amen. Isn't that powerful? I want to, maybe, I, I don't want, I never want to put people on the spot, but most bow, bow our heads. <laughs> but if you have struggled in this season, you can close your eyes and bow our heads. If you struggled in this season with hearing the Lord, discerning his voice in a certain season, I just want to see a show of hands. We can close our eyes. I never want to embarrass anybody. I'm just curious. I want to pray that Father, we recognize that It is a lie that we cannot hear you. We recognize that it is a lie that you do not speak. And right now, Father God, we thank you that our ear, it's like the floodgates of our ear are being opened up and may there be such a downpour of your word, such a downpour of the heart of the Father in these next few days even, Father, that people are going to feel like the voice of God has been amplified in their life, turned up higher than all the noise around them, Father, that we're gonna encounter you in secret, that you're going to we're gonna wake up with you speaking to us and we're gonna fall asleep with you speaking to us. We're gonna hear you when we're in the line at the grocery store, and we're gonna hear you when we're writing out our budget for the month, that we are going to hear you speak, Father. I thank you for clarity and precision in your body, that this is a body that hears you with clarity and with precision, that can discern what is you and what is not of you, Father. You have said that your sheep hear your voice and they will not follow another. I thank you for freedom in this house, freedom from the lie that we can't hear you, freedom. From the lie that we can't discern what you're saying freedom from the lie that you are silent over us father we believe that you are a God who speaks and because of Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit on the inside of us we can hear you amen 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 God doesn't withhold his voice from us Tonight, we're looking specifically at discerning God's yes or no. So there's, you know, when it comes to hearing the Lord, we could talk about receiving a prophetic word. We could talk about visions. We could talk about hearing God's heart and His will. There's so many things within the realm of hearing God. But specifically, I had in my heart being able to discern His yes and His no. And some of those things, some things in scripture are just plain, (laughs) you know, you open scripture, you read it and it's like, oh, that's a no, (laughs) don't do that. And that's a yes. And um, like, for instance, um, because it goes back again to what Pastor Mark was saying last week about the all inclusiveness of Christ, that we really do live under the father's yes. You know, when I was younger, this is a common belief of maybe young people is that when, uh, when you become a believer, it's like, it's a lot of no's (laughs) that, that becoming a Christian means you just have to abide by a lot of no's. There's just don't do that, don't do this, don't do that, don't do this. It's a lot of no's and having to adhere to all of the no's. There are no's, and there is a, a narrow path of walking in obedience with a father, but we live under the banner of his yes. His yes permeates His kingdom. There's more yes than there is no. When it comes to your healing, it's always yes and amen. When it comes to the health of your relationships, it's always absolutely yes and amen. When it comes to Father, can I have the gift of prophecy? Yes and amen, you can. There is nothing in the kingdom of the the Lord that has not been made available to you. All of his promises to you are yes and amen. We live under the banner of the Lord's yes. That just simply means that everything that has been made available through Christ has now been made available to you. His yes is bigger than his no. That's a switch in, in mentality that when you step into the kingdom and now, yes, I want to deal with sin. I want to I wanna de- I wanna walk in repentance. Oh, God, yes, Lord, I want to walk a lifestyle of repentance. But when you step into relationship with a father, you find there's so much creative freedom in walking with him there's so much room to create with him to create your life to walk with him and work with him and bring your gifts to him and say father what if we did this father what if we went here what would this look like there's creative freedom because we live under his yes it's like a parent you know with my daughters in our household I don't go around chasing them around the room saying yes Yes, you can have that. Yes, yes, you can have that. You can have that. Yes, yes, yes. No, they just, they live under my yes. Everything is a yes until it's a no. (laughs) I intervene when it's a no, and that's for their safety. That's for their maturity and for growing them, protecting them. But they live under my yes. Everything is a yes in my house until it's a no, you know? That's what we enjoy with the Father. We get to run around and create with Him, using all the gifts that He gave us, living under the banner of His yes, creating with Him. And that—that that is freeing. That, you know, we don't have to live in this This spiritual paralysis by analysis of, I'm not moving until I'm 100% sure that God said I can do this. (laughs) You're never gonna be 100% sure about anything in the kingdom. And your walk with the Father, if you were, it would not be a walk of faith. This is a walk of faith, it's a walk of trust, and there is ample grace for missteps I have found. It's really about our heart being yielded and humble before him of saying, Father, I want to go where you say go and I want to do what you say do. And if we can keep our heart postured before him, man, you really can't fail. (laughs) I remember Pastor Mark telling me that years ago, if your heart's after the Lord, you really cannot fail. The details, man, I mean, it's about your relationship with Jesus. The details will work themselves out. But if you're walking with Jesus and cultivating continual relationship with him you really cannot fail amen if your heart is humble before him father and you're inviting him to bring correction you're inviting him to steer and direct you you really cannot fail why because we live under his yes amen isn't that beautiful I think that's so freeing we don't have to live in that paralysis of, um, I remember that. Like, oh gosh, <laughs> what college do I go to, or or what? You know, whatever. All the things you just stuck. There is room to create with the Lord and to invite Him into that process, because that's fun. When you realize that you have creative freedom with the Father to walk out your life and to do it with Him, it's so freeing and it's so exciting because you realize sky's the limit with Jesus. You've got Daddy God that's with you, walking life with you and creating with you. And I just think that that is freeing in the body. And I don't want us, any of us, I think that's why a lot of people will avoid seeking the voice of the Father because they're so afraid. What if I miss Him? What if I get it wrong? And if your heart is toward Him, you just really can't, amen? I mean, obviously we're not gonna do things that are awful. We're not gonna sin. We don't wanna, sin is not a yes, (laughs) amen? I just wanna make sure that's clear. Is everybody following me? Okay, (laughs) But everything pertaining to life and godliness, amen, he's made available to us through Christ Jesus. And that is endless yes, amen. So there are some things in Scripture very plain, plain yes, plain no. In general, we live under the yes of the Father. But there are some things in our lives too we are really wanting to seek and to discern, is this a good thing or is it a God thing? There's a difference, He can, we can, life can present us with a long list of good things, but I want to be able to discern what is the God thing? What is the now thing for me right now in this season? What can I say yes to in this season? What do I have the grace to walk in? What is Father speaking to me? Where is he leading me? And somewhere I see this in scripture that I think is so powerful is, um, we, I don't know how much time we'll spend there. I want to make sure. How are we doing? Oh, we're doing good. So, um. Um, is in Exodus 28. I just want for your reference to be able to find this. Exodus 28 introduces us to these strange objects that the priests have. There's these strange objects. And I remember reading this several years ago and I had read Exodus 28 a hundred times. But then one time this, it stood out to me and I'm like, Father, what are those? What is this? And it's the Urim and the Thummim. Urim and Thummim. Everybody say that. Beautiful. Who's familiar with those things? Familiar. Who's not familiar with those things? Yeah, that's, you're my people. (laughs) I was like, Lord, what are these? And so the Urim and the Thummim, they were, they were articles that were hidden in the breastplate of the priest. So when the priest, you know, is in his full uh, uniform, if you will, and he is, fulfilling his duties in the temple, within his breastplate are hidden these um, tools really of discerning the voice of God. And, you know, I, I speaking weird about it because scholars, they don't know exactly what these things were. They don't know exactly what they, nobody knows what they looked like. They were two articles that were able to give a yes or a no, or in a court proceeding, they could tell guilty or not guilty, and scholars have kind of agreed that they were like lots that were cast, a lot like a die. It was an instrument that they would cast these things, and by casting these things, they would discern what God was saying yes about, what he was saying no about, and that was their tool for being able to hear what the Lord was saying. Can you imagine? (laughs) Can you imagine having to pull out, well, let me just, let me get my urum and my thumum out and see what, the, see what the Lord says. Can you go to lunch this afternoon? Well, let me check. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and that's how they discerned what the Father was saying yes or no to. And we see kings, particularly King David, would go to the priests to inquire after the priests to seek if God was saying yes or or no. In um, Psalm, it's my favorite Psalm, Psalm 27 4. Y'all know it. It's the one thing I have desired of the Lord that will I seek that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. This inquiry is referring to the Urim and the Thummim because David would go to the high priest and he would talk to the high priest Should I go to battle? Will I win? He would bring all of his battles to the high priest. Before I go and I attack this nation or go into this nation, I want to consult the Lord. So he would go to the high priest and he would ask the high priest, intercede for me and ask if I am supposed to go to battle and if we are going to win. Yes or no questions. And so the high priest would go in with the Lord and he would cast these and he would be able to discern if God was saying, yes, go into battle. No, I can't imagine that um, he would say, yes, go into battle, and no, you will not win. <laughs> but I think when you read Scripture, there's an instance where the um, king did not seek the advice of the priest, and they lost that battle. So what I saw when I in looking at this is how crucial it is for the body of Christ to be able to discern God's yes and no, that this is a form of spiritual warfare, this is a form, it's a form of spiritual warfare to in your life be able to determine if God is saying yes to a thing and if he's saying no to a thing. And in this season of our nation, in this season of the church, just globally, it is, I believe the Father is just pressing. I want my people to hear me. I want my people to be able to determine what I'm saying yes to and what I'm saying no to and to be able to go away from that place with confidence because the priests had confidence. They trusted in these articles that the Father, they were ordained of God. The Lord had created these things, given them to, them, to the priests to use. So they trusted these articles. We don't have an Urim and a Thummim. We have the voice of the Holy Spirit and the Word of God. We have the voice of the Holy Spirit and the Word of God. And in cultivating relationship with the Lord, cultivating relationship with His Word and the Holy Spirit, we should be able to determine His yes and His no. And the simple act of being able to confidently lean into the voice of the Lord, that is an act of spiritual warfare. Amen? Amen. I want these things to sink in because, man, I want them to hit you like they hit me because I just see this just pervasive in the body of Christ, this return to intimacy with the Lord, the simple things. We have to return to the feet of Jesus and being able to hear his voice. You're never going to get around intimacy. There's not a corner. There's not another way to go to be successful in life around intimacy with Jesus. This is the call. It is the call, that's the priesthood, to come into relationship with Jesus and to live it in such a way that you're in communion with Him all the time. It's not enough that we get our spiritual checklist. If our checklist is not actually leading us into deeper intimacy with Jesus, then we are wasting our time, amen? That's why we are talking about the spiritual disciplines. The spiritual disciplines are to bring us into deeper intimacy, amen? And it's vital that the church be able to discern God's yes and His no. So, Urim and Thummim, that's good time right there. <laughs> Man, he who has an ear, let him hear. Talking about sinking in, letting the sink in, that he is reviving our ear. He's reviving your ability to hear him over certain situations in your life. I want you to, even in this moment, what are certain areas that you are waiting on an answer for the Lord over? things that you're even interceding for others over where they don't have an answer. You don't know to turn right or left. I want you to get those in your mind tonight even. I believe even something I've been praying over this week that when we walk out of this place, that we were gonna walk out with answers. We're gonna walk out with insight. We're gonna walk out with a word from the Lord concerning those things. So I want you to have them in your heart. Put them on the altar of your heart right now and expect the Lord to speak to you tonight. Amen? I want us to look at 10 witnesses in a little bit of time that we have left. We're not going to spend a ton of time on these things. But these things, I think, I mean, I can't tell you what message in particular, but these were things I was taught as a child in this church. And I'm so thankful. Man, get your kiddos in church as much as you can because there were a lot of things I was able to avoid because of simple teachings like this. 10 witnesses. We're going to look at the 10 witnesses that help us to discern if God is saying yes or no. And man, there's more than 10. There there there's a there's a long long list of things that the Lord uses to communicate with us. It's being able to discern the way he speaks. It's important that we know how to discern how does Father speak? Cuz obviously we're not all walking around hearing the audible voice of the Lord. I know that's that some people that is their testimony they have heard the audible voice of the Lord. I have never. I have never heard God audible voice but I have been led by him by these 10 witnesses for all of my life and I'm thankful for him number one is simply the word the word of God this is our anchor because I tell you what if a word that you've received or a thing that you believe you've heard or something that somebody told you or dream you had does not line up with the word of God then it is not him He will never violate his word. That's why it's our anchor. That's why we have to become entrenched in the word. We have to know the word. We have to read the word and eat and drink the word because we need to be able to discern his character. The word is revealing to us the nature and the character, the ways of God. I want to know his ways. I want to know how he works, how he moves, how he thinks. There's more than just, um, um, oh, somebody, what was the word they used? These are more than the stories. These are, oh, what was that word? Accounts. The Bible's full of accounts. And the point they were making is these aren't stories like fairy tales. They're accounts. Well, we're not just reading accounts when we read the word. We are receiving the very nature of God. We are being taught and shaped into, informed into his nature, receiving his character by reading his word. And so everything that we hear and everything that we believe God is saying has to be able to pass through the test of the word. Does it line up or does it violate? If it violates his word, it's a quick it's a quick no. <laughs> I don't need that. You know, or I'll shelve that till I have more revelation because right now in my mind that does not line up. We need everything that we receive to line up with the word of God. In 2 Timothy 3:16 through 17 it says all scripture is given by inspiration of God and it is profitable for profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, instruction, righteousness, and that the man of God may be complete thoroughly equipped for every good work. I love this one too. Romans 12:2 says, "And do not be conformed to this world. Y'all know this one. <laughs> but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove everybody say prove. What is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God? You can prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. How? Through relationship with His Word. In the ESV, Romans twelve two says that by testing, you may discern what is the will of God. How do we test it? Does it pass the Word test? Does this line up with what God has revealed about His nature, what God has revealed about His character and the way that He works? It has to pass the Word test. Amen. Number two is the Spirit. So these really go hand in hand. Having a relationship with the Spirit, with that still, small voice, the still, small voice. I think a lot of times what the body of Christ is experiencing and believing that they cannot hear the Lord is simply because they do not create space to hear the Lord. We live in a loud and a busy world, and we have to create space to hear the Lord. You know, I can hear my husband a lot better in a room with him than I can if we're shouting at each other across Walmart, (laughs) you know. We have to be able to create space for intimacy, space for hearing, the same way you would a a natural friend. If you want to be in friendship with them, you have to create time. You have to create spaces for intimacy, right? It's the same with the Father. If I want to hear Him, if I want to know Him, get to know His heart, I have to create spaces to hear Him. And so when I I am, whatever it looks like, any opportunity that I get, which Pastor Austin just spoke about on Sunday, about solitude with the Father, spending time with the Father and seizing every opportunity that you have to do so, those are opportunities to cultivate relationship with the voice of the Holy Spirit, to hear Him. Amen. Isaiah 30, verse 21 says, Your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, This is the way. Walk in it. Whenever you turn to the right hand or wherever you turn to the left, Holy Spirit is present to tell us to go left or right. Amen? That's one of His primary goals in relationship with us is I'm going to help direct this person. I'm going to lead them ultimately into all truth. I'm going to tell them to turn left or to turn right. Romans 8.14 says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. So number three, I'm gonna have to book it, (laughs) y'all. The third witness is an open or closed door. And I wanna spend a little bit more time with this. This is the one that needs a little time. They all, all the other ones don't. But an open or closed door, I've heard this also referred to as a red light or a green light. if you are familiar with the story of Gideon, anybody familiar with Gideon's story and the fleece? So, you know, Gideon's called into battle. He's called to lead an army, but he's not so sure. <laughs> so he, he asks the Lord, it's in Judges six thirty six through 40. I'll go ahead and read it so I don't mess it up. It says, so Gideon said to God, if you will save Israel by my hand, as you have said, look, I shall put out a fleece of wool on the threshing floor. If there is dew on the fleece only and it is dry on all the ground, then I shall know that you will save Israel by my hand, as you have said. And it was so. When he rose early the next morning and squeezed the fleece together, he wrung the dew out of the fleece, a bowl full of water. Then Gideon said, so notice he does it again. Then Gideon said to God, do not be angry with me, (laughs) but let me speak just once more let me test. Everybody say test. I pray just once more with the fleece. Let it now be dry only on the fleece, but on all the ground, let there be dew. And God did so that night. It was dry on the fleece only, but there was dew on the ground. So Gideon is testing the word that he's heard. He's testing to see, is this God? Is God really saying this? And I've always referred to this as open and closed doors. When I, uh, when the Lord, I knew, my husband and I knew it was time for me to respond to the call to full-time ministry. This is a long story that I don't have time to tell, but it was a matter of knocking on doors, we we had to move in obedience. So we began to knock on doors, to begin to look and to see what God was saying and discern because we didn't know and you can't make things like that happen. If you try to force yourself through a door, it will not go well, but you can knock on a door. And if the door opens, then you step in. But if the door doesn't open, then you just allow him to redirect you. It's not that door. It doesn't mean it's a no to your call. It means it's a no to that door, amen? And so, it's, one, it's a part of this process of moving and allowing the Lord to steer you. Y'all know that quote, Pastor Duane would always say, you cannot steer a parked car. Well, you've got to be in movement and walking in obedience with a father. And it's when we're walking in obedience to knock on doors and to begin to seek and put faith to what we believe he's saying, that he's able to steer and to redirect us. And that is what Gideon's doing. And what I like too about this is Gideon's been called to war. That is a big deal. (laughs) But the way he tests the Lord is in a small thing. And we can, or not test the Lord, but test the word. He tests it in a small way. And the Father, man, the Father's so gracious with us to bring confirmation to us when we need it. I don't make moves in my life unless I've I've received confirmation from him in one way or another. And he's faithful to give us confirmation. If you're seeking him over a matter, he will be faithful to provide confirmation, just like Gideon. And, you can, and the Lord will put in your heart what that looks like, and you can test the thing that he's called you to do. You can test the yes and the no and knock on these doors in faith and believe that he is going to guide and he'll be able to direct. So that's open and the closed door. That's number three. The fourth witness is wise counsel. Wise counsel. We need wise counsel. I don't make big moves. We don't, as a family, we don't unless we've gone to wise counsel. There are people in our lives that we trust with our life. We know they are for us, and we will not make a decision unless we've spoken with them about it. And sometimes, and I love the the attitude that they have is always take it or leave it. Ultimately, you've got to listen to the Lord, and you need people like that in your life who aren't like, you better do what I say, or you're going to kick the bucket, you know, whatever. (laughs) You need people who are in your life who are for you and they can offer godly insight, but they offer it with an open hand. Like you can take this early, but at the end of the day, you have to discern for yourself what the Father is saying. But you have this, the source of godly counsel. In Proverbs twelve fifteen, it says, the way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but he who heeds counsel is wise. Proverbs is, Proverbs is full of scripture like this, of the importance of counsel. Um, Number five is impressions. The Lord will witness to us concerning his yes and and his no through impressions. And this goes back to relationship with the Holy Spirit. These are things you don't quite know how to explain. Some of them are very personal to you about how the Lord will unction you. You'll feel them in your guts. You just know. It's, I just know. You know, those kinds of things. Those are impressions from the Holy Spirit of, I just know. I just have a gut feeling about this. I feel an impression, or I feel excited when I think about this, or I feel or I feel grieved when I think about that. That's a no. You know, And we'll talk a little bit about that when we talk about peace. But these impressions the Father will use to guide us, to give us a sense of direction, to steer us. And that I believe that when it comes to receiving impressions from the Holy Spirit, we can amplify our ability to be sensitive to those things through intimacy with Him. As you sit with the Father in relationship with Him, intimacy increases in your life and your sensitivity to him increases. So that way when you're in a busy crowded place and you feel an impression, you can be sensitive to his voice. You can be sensitive to that unction of the spirit because you've cultivated time with him in private where you've been able to hear him. You've been able to discern the way he speaks. Amen? So he will guide us with impressions and through sensitivity. Number six, I just put these all together. These could all be one of themselves, but dreams dreams visions and prophetic words dreams visions and prophetic words i think i I put these together because um, i think of them as the creative way the father speaks the beautiful way that he speaks i love when the father communicates to me through a dream or through a vision or through a prophetic word they're always just beautiful they're pictures that the father will give and they're they're edifying but dreams visions and prophetic words are not our source amen they are to bring confirmation But I'm not going to put all my eggs in the basket of I had a dream, (laughs) you know, a single dream. I I want these things to be confirmed by the word. I want them to be confirmed by counsel. But the Father speaks. He absolutely speaks through dreams, through visions, and through prophetic words, and they're powerful. I keep a binder of words I've received since I was a preteen, and I'll I'll go back and look at those often because they're edifying to me. They remind me of where Father and I are going. And I've seen, I've gotten the same word since I was a preteen and I can see them confirmed year after year after year. And that is edifying. That's what the gift of prophecy is for is to edify and equip the body. And so I value, I treasure. We we could talk a a whole lot about how do you steward a dream? How do you steward a vision? How do you steward a prophetic word? They need to be treated as a sacred, special, precious thing because they are. And that's how I've treated mine all, all my life. But I'm just saying, don't put... Put all your eggs in the basket of a single word. Your words need to be confirmed. They need to be walked out. They need to stand the test of time even in some instances. There's so much we could talk about there, but the Father's absolutely giving you dreams. He's absolutely giving you visions and he absolutely has prophetic words for you. And there are people who flow in the gift of prophecy in this house. And maybe that's an area you're growing in. And if you've never received a word, a prophetic word from people in this house, man, I'm so thankful for those people in this house and our prophetic and our prayer ministry team. They have ministered to me since I was like 14. 14 in this place. And I'm just very, very thankful for them because in seasons when I needed encouragement, when I needed edification, I was able to go to them and they reminded me, they have reminded me of what the Lord has said in my life. And we'll have prayer ministers up here at the end of service. So I want you to avail yourself to that. If you've never received prayer or partnered with someone or allowed someone to edify you in that way, take advantage of it. Number seven is peace. The Lord will lead us with His peace. Um, he, When you feel peace about a thing um, or a lack of peace, a lack of peace, when you feel grieved about something, you know that Father's not in this, that maybe it's a good thing, but it's not for me or it's not for now. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and move a little faster, but number eight is waiting. So this is an interesting one. Waiting on the Lord. How is this a witness um, of His yes and His no? It's simply an aspect of hearing Him that has to be there in our lives. It has to be present. We have to, as a body, know how to cultivate. And I talked about this earlier. We have to know how to cultivate a lifestyle of waiting on the Father. And that waiting is not wasted time. Waiting is not waste. Waiting is for deepening our intimacy. Sometimes the Lord, when he's inviting us to seek him for a certain answer, he's first inviting us into intimacy and it's out of the intimacy that we gain clarity concerning the thing that we're seeking him about. Because God is more interested in intimacy with you than he is in giving you answers. He's more interested in being intimate with you than he is in you knowing and understanding everything. He wants to invite us into a place of intimacy. And it's often out of those places that we are more able to discern and gain clarity concerning the things that he's called us to do. Amen? So waiting is a witness. Number nine is obedience. And I love this. How is obedience a witness of God's yes and his no? I want us to look at Mark four 24. Y'all still with me? Yeah. Woo, good. Thank you, Jesus. Mark four twenty four. it says, Then he said to them, Take heed what you hear with the same measure you use. Everybody say use. It will be measured to you and you who hear more will be given. What? (laughs) What is this saying? I want to read it in another. Do I have another? I do. I have another translation. The Amplified Bible, Mark 4, 24 in the Amplified says, then he said to them, pay attention to what you hear. By your own standard of measurement, that is to the extent that you study spiritual truth and apply godly wisdom, it will be measured to you, and you will be given even greater ability to respond, and more will be given to you besides. When we obey the little thing that he said, that opens up a door to receive the next instruction— A lot of times in our walk with the Lord, we will discount some of the little things. Oh, that's just a little thing. That's just an insignificant thing that you're telling me to do. Like, I could get by with doing that or without. But if the Father has asked you to do a little thing, that little thing is a key, Keys are little things, but they unlock big things. Amen? If the Lord has asked you to do a small thing, that small thing is probably acting as a key to open up God's next for you. So don't brush off the little things he puts in your heart to do because those are a stepping stone to the next thing. When you are obedient with the first thing he said, he gives you the next thing. I, I, all the time, it's like, Father, what do you have for me in this season? He's like, Antoinette, when are you going to obey the last thing I told you to do? (laughs) Obey the last thing I told you to do, and then we'll talk about what's next. Amen? So we have to be revisiting all the time. Father, what are you speaking to me in this season? Am I walking in obedience with the word I've already been given? Am I walking in obedience and in agreement with the thing you've already said? And as we're walking in obedience with what he already said, that unlocks more, amen? The last witness is just to say confirmation. Like I said earlier, you want We need multiple witnesses. We don't just want to make big moves, make big decisions with just one witness. You need wise counsel. You need to seek scripture. You need to ask Holy Spirit for insight. You need to uh, seek and discern uh, words from other people to bring confirmation. In Proverbs 11:14, 14, it says, Where no counsel is, the people fall, but in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. Proverbs 15, 22 says, Without counsel, plans fail, but with many advisors, they succeed. So it's all of these things working together. When you're, when you're at places where you're making big life decisions, and that's where I found myself in 2019, it was the, the communion of all of these witnesses that helped me move forward in confidence. And we need that. We need to be able to take advantage of every source of communication the Father's made available to us. And these are witnesses that we can walk in, witnesses that are time-tested and approved by Scripture over and over and over again. And ultimately, that relationship being cultivated with the Word and with the Holy Spirit. Something I did not say when I was speaking about the Holy Spirit and having a relationship with Him is praying in the Spirit. Praying in the Spirit. If you've not received your prayer language, that is powerful for you. You can go into a place uh, with the Lord. You go into the secret place with the Father and you have no idea what to do. You have no idea what's next. But when you engage in just praying in the Spirit, you can walk out of those times with sudden clarity with a sudden sense of direction, with a sudden sense of what the Father's speaking and what He's doing. That's the power of praying in the Spirit because we pray in perfect agreement with the Lord and He gives us wisdom as we do that.